told them we are live now. Good morning, everybody from Serbia, Belgrade, the Balkan region. This is Pastor Tomasz Bulicek, amazing team around. And uh, before we start, and we give a word to Pastor Chris Moore, let's let's have a little word of prayer for the beginning. So, dear Lord, just thank you that we can be here on this place. And and that we didn't came as a tourist, but we came as a messengers with the, with the gospel, which is the good news. Thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted us the ministry of reconciliation and redemption. And just ask you today that you would give us a humble hearts and silver tongue, the tongue of redemption. We want to be redeeming people and situations, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you that we are so honored to be here in this place. And thank you that uh, missions, it's, it's amazing, fun. And thank you for this team that you put together because this is like unbelievable. Like how, how could you put these people together? Like, I, I don't understand it until now. You know? <laughs> I still don't understand it. But we, we have this great unity. You know? Thank you, God. We have unity because you are in our midst. I just ask you that you would lead us through this day as we walk on the streets as we talk with each other just help us to be reminded that we should be uh, talking about Jesus Lord. let's talk about Jesus thank you God thank you God help us to think how he is beautiful what he has done for us and how, Im how important we are for him thank you God just realized last night as we had the outreach we spoke to these Arabic people from Saudi Arabia they don't know that Allah loves them but we told them that there is Jesus Isa who loves them thank you God and we are loved we have a plan for our life thank you God just anoint this time the whole day lead our steps as we will go to different places and maybe visit the gypsy village Thank you, God. Also, we pray for people at home who are praying for us. Uh, we pray for Pastor Virgil's family. Yes. As his daughter is in the hospital, <coughs> Lord, that you would touch her and heal her. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I got up early, and um, I was just thinking about the subject of faith that we've been talking about, and whenever I go, whenever we go on mission trips, I always like to have like a theme that we're talking about because it kind it kind of gives some continuity to the trip. And uh, so this trip we've been talking about faith. And uh, last night, just speaking with people, and uh, Serbia seems to be different than it was last time I was here. I think it was 07 when I was here last. <coughs> people seem to be a bit more open to talk. And it's 
pretty evident that we could have a greater grace work here. We should have Amen. a greater grace We should have a greater grace work here. <laughs> I believe it's God's will yeah. that none would perish in Serbia, but that all would come to the knowledge of Him. So, today we're going to be doing some outreach, doing some outreach in the city, in the center, and then or in the city, and then also we're going to be doing some outreach um, at a gypsy village, right? And um, Pastor Zoltan's going to preach because he looks like Sigan. <laughs> That's a compliment. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm tired, guys. My my jokes are really bad. <laughs> I'm really tired. Please don't take anything personal, okay? I went to sleep. I woke up at 2. Went back to sleep. Woke up at another time. Mosquito was eating me. Woke up. Killed a mosquito. Went to sleep. Woke up. No, you've heard everything. Yeah. Anyway, if we can turn our Bibles to Psalm 34, verse 8. 34, verse 8. Faith. Faith is the, ob- is the ultimate objectivity, isn't it? It's the ultimate level of thinking of God. And we need to remember that in Romans 14, verse 23, that he that, he that, that doubteth and what he allows himself to eat is is damned. But whatsoever is yeah twenty three. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And we can see through the Bible, from the giving of the Ten Commandments to the progressive um, description of the finished work, as it gets more and more refined. That in Romans chapter fourteen, Paul refines the Christian life down to this one sentence, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And because long before someone breaks one of the Ten Commandments, long before a person does anything to offend people or to fail, long before that he is left thinking with God in faith, thinking by faith, and sometimes we struggle with things. People struggle with besetting sins. And we wonder, how can I get over this besetting sin? But really, that's not, that's not the question. Because sin is only a symptom of living outside of faith, isn't it? So, so whenever we stop thinking in faith about God's plan, about God's love... Stop thinking in faith about the grace of God, then we are already missing the mark, and we're going down the road of deception. And we never should look at our life outside of faith. Never look at your walk with God outside of faith. Um, never, never look at the mission outside of faith. By faith, the worlds were. We know that the worlds were. God spoke, and the worlds were created. Um, so I'd like to continue with this. Uh, Psalm 34, verse 8 says this. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. 
Well, really, it says, blessed is the man that walks by faith. Really, we, we can say that, too, that a man that walks by faith in his life is really blessed. And I was thinking about this lady here, Ivana, that is, you know, she's here, and she's, like, looking at us, and she's, like, she loves hanging out with us. She says, you know, and then yesterday in Banya Luca, this pastor, he went to, he went to dinner with us, and he's, like, I can't stay, i got to go, and he kept staying, and he says, like, you know, like three times he, I was sitting next yeah. to him. He told me he said, "He goes, I can go in a few minutes." You know, and he really he said, "I have so much fun with you guys." You know, and I think because there's a blessing in our life, there's a blessing, and people see that. And when we are a blessed people, it's not something that we really have to try to explain to people. People see that. I think Muslims see the blessing of the Lord on our lives, and just as just as Esau looked at Jacob or Ishmael. Or Cain, or, or Cain looked at Abel. You know, people can see the blessing of God in our life, and it makes them very jealous. You know, and we can never forget that the entity or the enmity between us and the world is not anything else but really the blessing of the Lord is in our life, and there's that jealousy. Cain was jealous of Abel's offering. Um, Esau and Jacob uh, Esau was jealous he lost his he lost his his birthright because of profanity and familiarity and then he realized what he lost and he was bitter Um, and so the Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good and that's really the message of the gospel isn't it uh, we're telling people this we're telling people, look, just taste and see. I have a story that, I don't know if you guys heard this story, but it's an amazing story. There, our, one of our trips to Kiev before a church was there, we took Bill Alex and Pastor Bill Alex and, and a group of NBA players. And the place that we had organized for the meeting and the, the game and everything like that, they canceled. And so, last minute, so we were like, okay, let's all go to the center and preach, right in the center of the city. So we went down to the Maidan, where all those, where all of that um, rioting was going on back in February, November, February. And we were preaching, you know, NBA players were preaching, and this, so this Iranian guy comes up. And he had a beer, he was drinking a beer, but he put that aside and he came over to us and he started like arguing with us, you know, about Islam. We didn't see that he had a beer, he told me this later. And because many Muslims come to places like this and they live crazy because they can't live that way in their in their own country. So they come here and they party with women and you know and, uh, and so we were we were sharing the gospel with him, and I and, and uh, vaguely remember. And I said, I said to him, "You need to just taste and see that the Lord is good. Go home tonight and ask God to show Himself to you." It was such an argument, you know, and it was going on and on. So he went home that night, and I forgot I even met him and everything. You know, I so a few years later. Um, we go, we move to Kiev for like like about a month or so to help start a church there, get the team going. And um, we went to this Iranian church, 
and we were sharing. You know, we had met some people, and you know, we were invited to this Iranian church to see the so this guy comes up to me and he goes, you know, like he's talking to me and his face is like shining, like a, you know, like an angel. And we're talking and everything like that, and you know, and so he's hanging out with us. Where he's going to all the raps and he's like spending time with us. And, and then maybe like after a few months of just fellowshipping with him on and off, his name was Amin, you know. And and I was sitting in the and I was sitting in the living room with him, you know, and, and uh, I said, Amin, how did you get saved? And he goes, Well. I don't know who these people were, but I was drinking in the center of Kiev, looking for women and the whole thing. And and there were these really bad. There were these American basketball players <laughs> preaching on the street. I was wondering what they. And I I was drinking and I put my put my beer on the side because I didn't want them to think I was a bad Muslim. And uh, and I and I argued with one of them. And he told me, go home and see, and pray that God would reveal himself to you. And I went home, and he said, I prayed. And he said, that night I had a vision like Jesus appeared to me. <laughs> and I, I'm listening to my jaws like hitting the ground. Like, I go, I mean, that's us. <laughs> that was us. <laughs> and he goes, really, I've been looking for you guys. for." And we had already been like, he'd already been in our, you know, our fellowship for like a few months. And it's like people need a revelation of God, don't they? And that's where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing. And, and so faith, there can be no faith without first a rhema. There needs to be a rhema first. Uh, this is Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Faith comes by an illumination of the goodness of God. That's the first point. Faith can only come from there. Uh, the second thing is, is that faith is not imagination. See, the, the, the imagination tries to imagine things from its religious nature and tries to project these good things uh, out there. And people live in their imagination, but it's not faith at all. Uh, faith creates nothing. Um, it just simply reckons on what's already there. You know, we are not creating things. Uh, God is the creator. We are just simply reckoning that there are things that are already there. You know, we are we are acknowledging what God has already done through His finished work and through. I like this quote by A.W. <coughs> Tozer said this. He said, there's no difference between the spiritual and the real. One does not contradict the other. The spiritual is the real. Isn't that good? Here's another great quote. I like this. Faith, faith never goes contrary to reason. Faith never goes contrary to reason. It just ignores the reasons and rises above it all. Isn't that good? There's so many reasons why we shouldn't follow God. There's so many reasons why we should just stay in our hometowns and just live a normal life, be with our mothers, our mothers-in-laws, grandparents, our little villages. So many reasons why we should not even go on this trip. There's so many reasons why we shouldn't do what we do. 
but we don't contradict those reasons because we see them, right? Faith is realistic. We see, we see things. You know, we we don't say, "Oh, that's not there," but because whenever we see a problem or a hindrance, we say, "Yes, there's a problem there." Paul talked about doors, hindrances. He said that I tried to come to you, but Satan hindered me. He said, and so faith has this ability to really realistically look at our lives but understand what to do with it and to rise above it. Faith is not hiding from reality because that's called fantasy, isn't it? Faith is not fantasy. Uh, Faith is not imagination. But faith sees those things that God has already said. Um, uh, So, for example, when we look at the Garden of Eden, what was the problem there? Was the problem that... Eve ate the, ate the fruit, and Adam ate the fruit. That was not the original problem. The original problem was unbelief. You know, unbelief. Because Satan convinced Adam and Eve that God was hiding something from them, that God was not, that God was not good, that God could not be trusted. And this is called unbelief. And this is where sin originated in Adam and Eve. They began to live in unbelief. Unbelief. So unbelief always precedes sin in our life. It always precedes failure. When we have un- when we live in unbelief, when we have unbelief, which we are human beings, and that happens, and that will happen. There'll be times when we live in unbelief. Instead of, instead of, instead of denying that, instead of saying, "Oh, I'm not living in unbelief," faith realistically sees the unbelief, and we say, "What do we say, Lord? I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief." And when we live like this, we live in an honest relationship with God, and we say, "God, I want to believe. I want to do this. I want to. I want to." see this happen but help my unbelief and what did Jesus say to the centurion when he said that he said I have not seen so great a faith in Israel right is that, the, is that how that went so how can a person that has unbelief have the greatest faith in Israel you know how can that happen it's amazing, isn't it, that here's a man that's living in unbelief, and Jesus just said, you have the greatest faith in all of Israel. Because in when we are in our unbelief, and we trust God, then that's great faith. And, and um, faith cannot use tangible words or touchable words like mountain, star, or lake. Faith can't use those words. If it could, it would become pagan. Right? If faith could point to mountains or stars, then it could become pagan. But faith uses words that are not touchable or intangible. Words like love, forgiveness, and the power of God. Those are words that faith uses. So... Um, Here's a here's like a another aspect of faith. Um, uh, there are things that reason cannot do. 
that are beyond the capacity of reason. All right? For example, when the Bible says, stand in awe and sin not, or when the Bible says that they all wondered at him by, because of the things that Jesus had done, they had done one, he, had, he had done wondrous things and they all were astonished. Um, reason cannot be astonished. Um, rationalization cannot be surprised. Natural thinking cannot be amazed. Um, uh, moral, moral calculations cannot be living in wonder. Only faith leads to marveling. Faith moves towards, faith moves forward supernaturally, and reason follows just amazed. And this is the way it should be. Because when, like when we look at our life, a Christian is a miracle. You know, we are miracles, aren't we? It's a miracle. And whenever we lose that sense of the miracle in our life, the miraculous of our life, then things become, we can become a religious idealist or a Christian philosopher. And that can happen to us. Like, my wife and I have like this, you know, when we, when we're talking as a married couple and we're thinking about like, should we buy this or should we do this or is this God's will? And maybe we can do it. Maybe we have that ability to do it. But, we, we say, let's let God do it, because then we'll have a story to tell. You know, We ask, is there the supernatural element in this, or is there not the supernatural element in it? Because if it's supernatural, if it's something that we did not manipulate ourselves, and if it's something that we trusted God for, then the result is always an, an amazing story and a wondrous testimony. Right? So, and Pastor Schaller says this, that you know, he often says, we should not lose the mystery of our of our Christianity. There's a mystery about the church. When a when a person lives in natural thinking, everything in the church becomes flesh and blood. Everything in the work of God becomes flesh and blood. People and what they're doing, everything becomes uh, politically oriented, culturally oriented, personality oriented, self centered. When we lose that aspect of the awe and the aspect of the miracle, then then um, we lose, we begin to uh, enter into passivity into in our minds, and that's why I think it's so healthy for us to take steps of faith in our life, in our neighborhoods, take steps of faith in our finances, in our in our relationships with people take steps of faith because when we do that the righteousness of God is revealed people see something that they never saw before so uh, I just want to finish this here that is that faith faith can become presumption when we exercise power of our soul in determination. Like, I will do this. I'm going to do this. And if God hadn't spoken to us about it, then that's presumption. So, for example, if, if I want to 
start a program of some kinds in my church or in my ministry. And I haven't heard God. About, I haven't heard from God about it. But I think it's a good idea, and it's noble. And everybody would say that's a great idea. I launch out, but if God has not spoken to me, then that's called presumption. And sometimes what we see in new believers, we see just an amazing capacity to believe God for things. And if someone is mature and an older believer, they, they could say, well, they're young, they're presumptuous, you know. But there's something about that youthful trust in God. That, yeah, we'll just go. God's going to lead us. He's going to open all the doors. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, we get older in the Lord and we say, well, you know, we can't be presumptuous. But it's like maybe if God has spoken, then why don't we just, you know, why don't we just take radical steps of faith? Because radical faith um, confuses. This is a statement that Pastor Shabelli says. Radical faith or simple faith um, confounds complex evil, doesn't it? When we live in when we live in wisdom, I mean, when we live in faith, the wisdom of the devil is confounded, because the devil cannot the devil cannot cannot foresee what a believer is going to do when he's living in the spirit. The devil cannot track faith. You know, he cannot track a spirit-filled believer's life. But if we live in the flesh, then we immediately show up on the devil's radar because he can smell the flesh. And like, you know, when we're functioning in the spirit, we're like invisible, stealth mode. You know, the devil can't see us. He's looking at his system, his world system. He can't see, he can't see us. And that's John chapter 3, that uh, the spirit will blow where it will. And we don't see where it's coming from or where it's going. And that's the natural man that... But the, as soon as we start functioning in the flesh, we slip out of the stealth mode and we're on the devil's radar. Demons can smell our flesh and they're attracted to us. And before we know it, we have a cloud of just demons going around our head. You know, like the bees with the Coca-Cola can. Remember that, Pastor Schaller's example? You never heard that? If you open up a Coca-Cola can, leave it outside during the summer, in an hour, there's going to be bees flying around it. Why is that? Because they can smell in the air the sugar. Demons can do the same thing. They can be on the other side of the world and they can smell flesh. And that, 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 when we live in the flesh, then we have... We have um, Pastor Stevens used to talk about clinging spirits, cleaving demons. Remember that? And so... When we start living in faith, taking up the cross, trusting God, walking in what He has said, then um, the devil can't track us, and he doesn't know where we're going, and he doesn't know how to deal with us. And that's why the devil hates faith. He hates faith. The devil hates faith. The devil doesn't mind if we become very educated about God and theology and apologetics. He doesn't mind that. He would not even mind if we could successfully debate the, the deceptions of the devil in the world. He wouldn't even mind... But he does not want believers walking by faith because when we walk by faith, then we are revealing an invisible kingdom and the righteousness of God. 
and that's what that's what uproots satanic strongholds and that's what uproots you know the works of the devil Pastor Zoltan and I were talking about this last night he was saying you know remember you know when we were you know he's why did you say he said I would he you said sometimes I wonder if we were on the streets every day right and, and serving every day and preaching how many great men God would bring into the church and you know I think God says to us be it according to your faith and God sought for a man but he found none to stand in the gap so I don't know if we read that verse here or if I was in Ukraine we were reading that verse was that here? Ukraine I was thinking that Psalm, uh, Exodus, Ezekiel 22 the Lord sought for a man that would make up the hedge and but he found none and so the next verse is one of the saddest verses in the Bible so the Lord poured out his wrath and destroyed and you know there are some places in the world today that is experiencing the wrath of God because there's no one to stand in the gap and pray for the people to intercede and that's what our mission is is that um, so and I don't want to talk about this now but we can't remove love from faith we cannot remove love from faith we have faith that serves by love because faith without love is like a Ferrari with no gas <laughs> we can talk about that next time so well, we can just get ready and we can okay we've done amen thank you for you guys on right. the air whoever's out there if you're out there send us a sign that you're there yeah Tonight, tonight, we're going to do something special. Bye-bye.